Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. First Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 1, I'm reading from the message translation. We'll have it on the screen for you as well. It says this, What I want to talk about now is the various ways God's gift, God's spirit gets worked into our lives. This is, a complex and often, this is complex and often misunderstood. But I want you to be informed and knowledgeable. Remember how you were when you didn't know God, led from one phony God to another, never knowing what you were doing. Just doing it because everybody else did it. It's, a diff- it's different in this life. What God wants us to use, our intelligence, to seek to understand all that we can. For instance, by using your heads, you know perfectly well that the Spirit of God would never prompt anyone to say, Jesus be damned. Nor would anyone be inclined to say, Jesus is master without the insight of the Holy Spirit. God's various gifts are handed out everywhere. But they all originate in God's Spirit. God's various ministries are carried out everywhere, but they all originate in God's Spirit. God's various expressions of power are in action everywhere, but God Himself is behind it all. Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone. There's that word, benefits. Spoke about that last week. Everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit. To all kinds of people. And the variety is wonderful. And Paul lists some of them. Wise counsel. Clear understanding. Simple trust. Healing the sick. Miraculous acts. Proclamation. Distinguishing between spirits, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. All these gifts have a common origin. But are handed out one by one by the one Spirit of God. He decides who gets what and when. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you, Father, for the power of your word. Every single week, Lord, thank you for the opportunity to come under the power of your word, Lord, to lean into your word, knowing that your word never returns void, but that will always speak to us. And Father, we just thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, Lord, the impact of the Holy Spirit working even in this room and in your church, Lord. Thank you that the Holy Spirit speaks to us even today. So Lord, we give you glory for that. We thank you for your son, Jesus, and we pray for the rest of the service. And Lord, we pray for everything that's happening in Colonial Kids right now. Lord, thank you that you're even working on their little spirits and you're teaching them amazing things right now God thank you that your anointing is on them also so Father we thank you for all of it in Jesus name and a faithful church said together amen amen well I'm excited to continue a series on the Holy Spirit we're calling it close that's the name of the series and the reason is is because we really believe that all of us both Corporately, as a church, but individually, we're all called to take a step closer, always, to the Holy Spirit, to walk closer to God, to walk in step with His Spirit. And I'm excited about preaching about the Holy Spirit because I really believe it opens up our lives to so much when we understand what the Holy Spirit's role is meant to be in the right way. Last week, I spoke about some foundational things about the Holy Spirit. Do you remember some of those things? 
Wow. <laughs> Quick recap. But some of the foundational things, because I believe as a church, we've got to get this right. First of all, I said the Holy Spirit is real. The Holy Spirit is real. He exists. It's not an Old Testament thing that just happened way back when and doesn't exist anymore. God's Spirit is real. And the second verse in the entire Bible talks about God's Spirit. So I said the Holy Spirit is real. He's a person. He exists. He exerts His will. He speaks. He leads us. He guides us. He's a helper. He's a comforter. Who's grateful for that? The second thing I said was that He is God. He is divinity. He's not a conduit to God. He is God. He's not a, a channel towards God. No, no, he's, He is God. And Jesus speaks very clearly about the way we should approach the Holy Spirit, not belittle the Holy Spirit, not condemn the Holy Spirit, not, not put the Holy Spirit down. And the last thing was that the Holy Spirit is real. He is God, but He's also intended to be my spiritual best friend. My spiritual best friend that I just check in with all the time. Hey, what's going on? This is happening today. I've got this mountain I've got to climb today. Where are you at? Holy Spirit, I need you. Help me, comfort me, guide me, lead me into all truth. I think I love about the Holy Spirit is He leads us into all truth. And He can't lead us into all truth unless He knows all truth because He is God, so He can lead us in all truth. And it's powerful in our lives when we take that approach and we realize that He's there to help us. So I'd love to continue with that theory, I spoke about the advantage of the Holy Spirit last week. Power, empowerment, comfort, conviction, or convincing, and assurance. But this week, the title of the message, if you want to take, take notes and write this down, is this. The package deal. The package deal. Everybody say, the package deal. Everybody loves getting a package in the mail. I think my wife is probably Amazon's best customer. I think Mr. Amazon is going to send us a Christmas card this Christmas, we're going to get a holiday or a cruise or something from Mr. Amazon. No, I'm just kidding. But I like getting a certain package from Amazon. My Nespresso pods, when they come from Amazon, that is a, I just feel like an extra anointing, an extra blessing, an extra just, just kiss from the Holy Spirit and from God on that day. The, the Nespresso pods, I know what the package looks like. I know exactly the size. It's wonderful. But everybody loves a package. People love free stuff. Like when you go and buy a car and they say, oh, we'll just throw in this and we'll throw in that and we'll give you the package deal. We'll give you the service agreement. We'll wash the car for five years for free. And you're just like, wow, I love this package deal. Everybody loves a package deal. See, there's something about that when it comes to our spiritual journey, our spiritual walk with God is that God wants you to have the whole package. God wants you to have the package deal. He wants you to have everything He has to offer. And that's the whole point of the Holy Spirit is it's part of the package. It's part of the benefits package of salvation, knowing God and having God in your life. Is, it's all part of the package deal. The Old Testament's full of promises about the Holy Spirit, full of prophecy and things that are about to come forward because God's going to send the Spirit and in days to come that the Spirit will come and I would love in each one of these series to actually highlight one of those. Is that okay if we do that? To highlight those. But he would just send his spirit to accomplish what he wanted. So he would send it, whether it was for anointing of kings or anointing of the, the, the priests or, you know, for something special to take place. But then it would leave. It would be gone. But who's thankful today that because of Jesus, the Holy Spirit remains. The Holy Spirit is in our lives. It's a permanent fixture if we want it to be. 
But in Isaiah 59, verse 21, it says, As for me, says the Lord, this is my covenant with them. Look at it. My spirit is upon you, and my words which I have put in your mouth, look at it, look at the promise, shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your descendants, nor from the mouth of your descendants, descendants, says the Lord, from this time and forevermore. I love that it says, my spirit is upon you, and my words which I have put in your... There's a beautiful picture of unity right there. The spirit of God and the word of God, we all know who the word of God is, it's Jesus. But the two of them together... But that was a time when it was coming. But look at Matthew chapter 3. This is the baptism of Jesus. Jesus comes down to the Jordan to meet John. And he says this, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so now. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness, to follow God's rules. Then he consented, and when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to, to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove. And look at this, coming to rest. Other translation says coming and remaining on Jesus. Coming and staying permanently. What's the point this, morning, this evening? Is this. When Jesus said that God would send the Holy Spirit, it was a send and a full stop. It was a send... And that's it. Sent. Not sending for a moment or temporarily, but sending it eternally. That was the purpose of Jesus coming, not only to save us, but also to get the Holy Spirit in the picture so that we could have the Holy Spirit working in our lives so it would be a permanent thing for us. But how often is it in life that we find ourselves thinking, oh, well, today I'm not good enough for the Holy Spirit. Or because of what I did yesterday or because of a season or something, some kind of baggage I'm hanging on to, that the Holy Spirit is no longer there for me. Jesus said, it's here for good. So I want to get straight to the point tonight. I want to talk about three things in the package deal. You ready? You excited? You're leaning into the Word of God? I really believe He's going to speak to us tonight. But there are three components to the package deal that God wants you to have. And I've put them all as I need. They're, they're things that we all need. But they're representative of three things. Blood, water, and oil. Blood, water, and oil. Can you remember that? Blood, water. Blood obviously representing sacrifice, which was required for the remission of sin, for the taking away of sin. Water obviously representing purification and cleansing and uh, taking away removal of, of um, dirt or uncleanliness. And then oil representing the Spirit. The Spirit of God, and obviously oil is not the only representation of the Spirit. There's also the cloud which led the people of God in the day and the fire at night. But today we're looking at those three things, blood, water, and oil. It's the package deal. So if you could just remember those three, I just want to start with point number one. You ready? I need the blood. If you're talking about the package deal, we've got to start there. I need the blood. Everybody say, I need the blood. I caught up with my youth pastor recently. And my youth pastor is no longer a youth pastor. He's now moved on, but he's running a, a church in South Africa and he's doing an amazing job. And he was here locally and I drove to meet him. And he was catching up with another pastor friend of his, someone that's much older than him, and I guess probably a mentor in his life. And he was catching up with this guy who had been pastoring a church for something like 35 years. 
long time, the one church, 35 years, and my youth pastor said to him, hey, man, what are you, what are you preaching on these days? I mean, like 35 years, you've preached every series. You've each preached series about series. You've preached every message you could possibly preach. Uh, 35 years, after 35 years, he asked him this question, after 35 years, what are you preaching about now? And straightway he shot back and said, the blood. I'm preaching about the blood of Jesus. I'm preaching about how important that blood is. I'm bringing it all back to the baseline of our faith, the blood of Jesus that was shed for us that takes away the sins of the world. When it comes to the package deal, we need the blood. Remember that delirious, that old delirious songs. Everyone remember delirious? Are they still going around these days? I don't even, are they still doing stadiums? <laughs> when I first got saved, it was like this album that I had on repeat. And one of their songs, Jesus' blood never fails me. Over and over and over and over again. And it feels like it's been like singed onto my spirit. And I love it because it's always about the blood of Jesus. But there's something amazing that happens when it comes, when we encounter the blood of Jesus, when we get saved for the very first time, there's a baptism that actually happens. There's a baptism that takes place. And maybe you've never thought about this. You've never seen this in Scripture. Maybe no one's ever pointed it out to you. But what happens when we get saved, we are actually baptized by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ. Let me show it to you. Galatians 3, verse 26. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This is Paul again speaking to the church, talking about the body of Christ. He said, for just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. Look at this here. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. What happens in that moment when you say yes to Jesus? Your blood gets exchanged for Jesus' blood. There's this beautiful exchange that takes place in the spiritual. Your blood, spiritually speaking, is exchanged for Jesus' blood. And the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit power, you are baptized into the body of Christ. You are baptized into Jesus' body. How cool is that? Is that worth giving God praise for tonight? I don't know about you, but that excites me a whole lot. I love it if you could write this down. It begins and it ends with the blood. Woo! It begins and it ends with the blood of Jesus. And I love that. Why was blood necessary? Well, when you think about the Old Testament and sacrifice and the law and procedure, what had to take place for people to be in right standing with God, to be in alignment with God, was sacrifice. And in Hebrews chapter 9, it talks about that in our New Testament context. It talks about Christ as a high priest over us, who's made amends for us. Look at what it says in uh, Hebrews 9 and verse 11. But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, he entered once and for all the holy places, not by means of blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. Verse 13, for if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh, look at this, how much more? 
will the blood of Christ, who the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. It is all about the blood, friends. Can I encourage you, if you have a moment where you're feeling like, I don't measure up, I don't have enough, you have enough. You have enough. There are just times in our walk with Jesus we have to always bring it back to the bottom. Always bring it back to the one place. David said, restore to me the joy of my salvation. What is the joy of my salvation? It's Jesus' blood. And I love what it says here. How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself to to God to purify our conscience from dead works. But look what it says. To serve the living God. That's the point of the Holy Spirit. To help you serve God. To help you go forward in life. To help you to be able to fulfill your calling. That's the purpose of the Holy Spirit in our lives. To be able to do everything God needs us to do. So this is step one in the package. Is I need His blood for me. I need it and I can't do without it. That is the absolute basis of our faith. Number two, second part of the package. You still with me? I need the water. Blood and water. Everybody say, I need the water. This is the second baptism that takes place. And this is very important. Most people are cool with this. But the disciple baptizes us into water. Matthew 28, verse 19. The big mission of the church. Go therefore, make disciples of all nations. Look at it. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's the second part of the package deal. Water baptism. Going to that place where you say, I'm going to go get baptized in water because I believe what I believe what I believe. I'm going to get water baptized. But what does water represent? It points to the washing away. It points to the removal of the old. It points to the new, it points to the new ahead of you. It points to the new spirit alive in Christ and in control. That's what water baptism means. In our church, we love and we believe in water baptism. It's the second part of the package deal. I want the package deal. I remember when I was water baptized. It was in much the same as our quality baptism pool that we use. It was in the parking lot at Hillsong Church, and I was 19 years of age. I probably was saved maybe six months, but I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget my second part of the package deal. If you've never been water baptized, friend, can I just encourage you? Don't freak out. Don't freak out. But just fill, it, fill out the form online. Let us know. We'll help you next time we do it. We'll, it's going to be awesome. But we'd love to walk along with you in that journey so you can have the second part of the package. I think that'd be great. If you've never done water baptism before, I think it'd be awesome if you took that step to take on that next step for you in faith. It's beautiful. There's something super important about the step of baptism. And that's what I really feel like it is. It's this outward expression of what's happening on the inside of us. But you think about anyone getting baptized, they have to take a step towards being baptized physically. But there's something spiritually also they're taking a step towards as well. It's a natural step, but there's a spiritual step as well. But the point of water is to... to, uh, to to clear the conscience, to say, oh, man, I'm pledging in my heart. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move towards Jesus. I'm taking this step. I'm getting water baptized today. I found this in Ezekiel 36. Look at what it says in uh, verse 24. This is 
prophesying of, of God redeeming the nation of Israel. It says, For I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. Verse 25, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. That's the thing about water baptism, I believe, is that when you do that, God gives you a new heart. He gives you a new desire. He gives you something new on the inside. It's like, man, this is for me. I'm, this is real for me. I'm getting baptized in front of my whole family. This, the, the church is in front of me. Everyone's seeing this thing. This is huge. This is real for me. And that's why we in our church, we believe that baptism should happen at an age where you can truly decide for yourself. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with anything anyone else does. In fact, I could put myself in that category from when I was a child. But I made that choice because I believe I want the package deal. I'm taking the next step. I'm believing in faith that there is good things ahead of me, that God is putting something on the inside of me that's going to be outworked in my life. I want the package deal. It's declaring that the old is gone and the new has come. First Peter 3. This is Peter speaking to, again, believers. Speaking of Jesus' suffering and what he's done and the impact. Verse 19 of 1 Peter 3 says, So he went and preached to the spirits in prison, those who disobeyed God long ago when God waited patiently while Noah was building his boat. Only eight people were saved from drowning in that terrible flood. And that water is a picture of baptism, which now saves you, not by removing dirt from your body, but as a response to God from a clean conscience. It is effective because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what the point of baptism is saying, yeah, I'm, I'm doing this. This is for real. And I want there to be people to witness this. I want my family to be behind me. That's why I love it. The family show up at water, water baptisms. People gather around. Our whole church gathers around because people are taking the next part in the package deal. Third part of the package deal. You still with me? Write this down. I need the oil. Everybody say, I need the oil. You do need the oil. I need the oil. But what happens in stage three of the package is Jesus baptizes you in the Holy Spirit. Jesus wants to fill you up with the Holy Spirit. Jesus wants you to walk with the Holy Spirit. He doesn't want you to miss out. He doesn't want you to miss out on what's in store for you. Matthew 3 and verse 11 says, I baptize you with water for repentance. This is John the Baptist. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. Look at it. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Just like John led people in repentance, Jesus wants to give you the Holy Spirit. He wants to lead you spiritually speaking and immerse you and fill you and flood your spiritual life with all that God has for you. But the best part for me and when I was studying this and I was you know, meditating on this, something just dawned on me in this moment. It's Jesus who does it. It's Jesus who baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. It's our Savior. It's our friend. It's the one that we love. It's the one that we profess as King, the name above all names. It's our Jesus. He's the one that baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but that's pretty exciting because I know Jesus. So I don't have to worry. Jesus loves me. This I know.
John chapter 1. It says this in verse 32, and John bore witness, I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove. Don't get confused there. It's not like the dove descended. It was the Spirit that descended like a dove. And it says, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, he on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. There it is right there. No question. It's Jesus. Jesus baptizes you with the Holy Spirit. He's the one that gives you the Holy Spirit. He's the one that wants to fill you up. He's the one that wants you to walk in power. He's the one that wants to equip you with the Holy Spirit in your life. He doesn't want you to walk aimlessly through life wondering, do I have power? Do I don't have power? Is my salvation dynamic or is it not? No, Jesus wants you to have the package deal. My last scripture is this. In Acts chapter 2, there was this moment where it felt like it was a fork in the road and people were sort of discovering this Holy Spirit. And they say this amazing thing. They're like, what do we do? And I just love Peter's response. It's in Acts 2 and verse 37. I want to read it from the Amplified. It says this, Now when they heard this, they were stung or cut to the heart. And he said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, the special messengers, brethren, what shall we do? And I love that. I just want to stop there. I love that because I think God's okay with us asking natural questions. I think God's okay with us looking at something and saying, what do we do? What do I do in this moment? What do I do in this junction? See, God knows that we're human. God knows that we're normal. God knows there's a natural side to us. But they asked, brethren, what shall we do? Verse 38, and Peter answered them, and I want you to look for the three parts of the package right here. Repent, that's the blood. Change your views and purpose to accept the will of God in your inner selves instead of rejecting it. That's salvation, that's blood. And then it says, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, for the forgiveness, and I love this, and for the release of your sins. And the last part of the package deal, you see it? And you shall receive the gift of of the Holy Spirit. For the promise of the Holy Spirit is to and for you and your children and to all that are far away, even to and as, and as many as the Lord our God invites and bids to come to Himself. Do you see the three stages, the three parts of the package right there? Repent, give your life to Jesus. Say yes to Jesus. Open up the doors of your heart and say, come in. Jesus, I need you. Forgive me of everything I've done wrong. I want to exchange my blood for yours. And the Holy Spirit in that moment baptizes you into the body of Christ. And then what happens next is we walk a little bit further and we're like, man, I'm going to take the next step. I'm going to be water baptized. And the disciple baptizes us in water. The old is gone. The cutting of the flesh happens. We leave the old behind. It's over. New desires, new, new, new dreams, new visions, new, new possibilities because I've, t- I've, I've gone through the waters of baptism. I've left it all behind. And I walk into the new and the last thing he says, and you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I love it because there they are, blood, water, and oil. Three parts of the package. Who's grateful for the package that God wants us to have? And you know what's funny about all this is there's always that Old Testament, New Testament 
perfection that happens, the glove comes in and God's just, His Word is so perfect and it's amazing. Look at this, the tabernacle of Moses, if we could throw that up. I just wanted to highlight something about the package deal. But you can see over here is the entrance. That's where you used to have to go in and the priests would be there and they're doing their things in the middle. But you know what's funny about the beginning is that's where you would make the sacrifice, the start. Step one was you would sacrifice and that's where the blood would uh, take care of the sin. So that was step one and then you would move forward to step two and there would be a laver. And you know what the laver was filled with? Water. And in that, you would, you would wash and the priest would wash and they would make sure there would be no uncleanness. They would wash before they went to the next step, which was the outside of the most holy place, the holy place. And guess what they would do? They would take a flask of oil. And the oil, they would anoint the priests. You know what would happen if the priest went into the most holy place without the anointing of oil? Isn't that funny? Isn't that a coincidence? that the package deal that we have now as believers is representative of the Old Testament package that had to happen if you wanted to go into the presence of God. So my question to you tonight, friends, is this. Have you got the whole package? Do you possess every part of the package? Maybe you're in here tonight and you haven't even taken step one. That's okay. Just give us a few minutes. And I would love to lead you in a prayer to take step one, to say yes to Jesus. Or maybe you're in here tonight and you've never done water baptism, you've never gone down in the waters and left it all behind and came out new and walked into the newness of life. Or maybe you've never received oil. I'm not talking about physical oil, I'm just talking about receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. Can I just say this? It's not about taking a gift of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes people get hung up on that. The gift of the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. So before anyone starts talking about this or that, I just want to encourage everyone, you just open up your hands and you receive it as a gift. You know, this is the thing about the gift. Is when you want to try to give someone a gift and they're resistant, what happens? It's like a little rub that goes on. You ever tried to pay for someone's check at dinner and it's like, no, no, I'm going to pay. And they're like, no, I want to pay. And you're like, no, no it's, it's cool. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. I, I, I can take care of it. Or you want to go halves? And they're like, no, I want to pay for dinner. And there's this moment in that rub that finally you just say, okay, man. You know what happens when it comes to receiving a gift is we're no longer in control. We no longer can assert our control or our assertiveness in that moment, our, our uh, you know, whatever we need to do. We, we have to get ourselves out of the way and just say, Lord, I'll take what you got. And I don't know about you, but when I look at that and I study scripture, I don't want to take two thirds of the package deal. I don't want to take one third of the package deal. I want everything. I want everything that God's got for me. You receive that word tonight. You up for taking everything that God's got. Why don't you stand with me? I want to pray. We're going to worship a little longer. We're going to believe for God to, to move. And, but I'd just love to pray for you. Receiving what God has or what God wants to give us is as simple as just opening up our lives. And saying, yes. Saying, I'm in. Saying, I'll take whatever you want to give me, Lord. So with every head bowed and eyes closed in this place, I just want to ask you a very simple question. I wonder if you've ever encountered the Holy Spirit. 
Scripture teaches us that it's Jesus that baptizes us with the Holy Spirit, fills us up, immerses us. That word in the Greek, baptizo, means to immerse. It means to, to fill up, to overflowing. It means to cover. And I just love that idea that the Holy Spirit can be a covering in your life. I wonder if you've ever encountered the Holy Spirit. There's probably a good chance in here there's lots of people who haven't. I want to pray for you. So while no one is looking around, if that's you, you've never encountered the Holy Spirit, He's never, someone's never specifically prayed for you to receive the Holy Spirit, it's never been something that you've even looked into in much detail, but you're saying tonight, I want the whole package. With no one looking around, just lift your hand wherever you're at. I'm going to pray for you. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm just going to pray for you where you stand. You should be bold in this moment. Jesus, we love you so much. God, we just ask that you would send your Holy Spirit right now to rest on people that want to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And Father, we just thank you that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's kind. He leads us. He guides us. And I just pray in the the minutes to come, the hours to come, the days to come, that there would be this distinct difference in people's lives because of their willingness, Lord, to open up their hearts and open up their holy hands to you and say, I want this gift. Give it to me, Lord. So I just pray the Holy Spirit would fall on people right now in this room, that they would begin to understand what it means to to live with the power and the empowerment of having the Holy Spirit in their lives. Lord, we're so grateful for the promise of the Holy Spirit in our lives, for the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, for the potential of the Holy Spirit in our lives, that the Holy Spirit will help us, will guide us in all truth, will lead us towards the path that you have, will, will show us the will that you have for our lives. So Lord, I just thank you right now in Jesus' name. Jesus, thank you for baptizing people right now in the Holy Spirit. Thank you for filling people up with the Holy Spirit right now. Thank you that you're making the Holy Spirit known to people right now. There's this sense on the inside that people are just being filled up. Filled up in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We would love to connect with you. Join us on Sundays at church or visit us at www.colonialchurch.org.